You are now listening to the Socks and Sandals podcast. Every time an independent, a truly independent source goes into the Portland Place Bureau, we find chaos. Just one of the people like just told to my managers who like had fired me, they were like, yeah, did you see Tevin's video was on Complex? And he was like, man, dog, they sick, man. Yada, yada. And I was just like, I was laughing because it was just like, you know, bro, like, you know, God, God always got a plan. In that moment, I thought, you know what? I don't care. I'm going to sit here in the middle of this aisle in Target and talk to her and break down what is going on and why she believes that these white Barbie dolls are more valuable or should come home with us over these brown and black Barbie dolls. The Egyptian creation story is a very sexual one. Mm -hmm. And it talks of the god creating himself through a sexual act with himself. So it's a masturbatory big bang like. like I never even hire coaches when I establish a program. I always hire mentors first. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Because a mentor gets the big picture. Coach might just get basketball. I want somebody that under X's and I want somebody that's about whole life. I'm not the only podcaster out there. You're not the only marketer out there. Like there's a lot of people doing the same things. But the things that's going to separate you and I from the rest of the people is that we become our best selves and we just don't quit. So what is the gospel? What is the pure, unadulterated yes, gospel? Yes, yes, and that is what I live by, because the moment this changes is the moment I'm leaving Christianity. Okay. The pure, unadulterated gospel, and I can say it in one sentence, but I'll elaborate. For sure. Is love God and do whatever the fuck you want. Socks and Sandals podcast where society, culture, history, and religion collide, and we unapologetically discuss our worldviews. This is Guy Emanuel. I'm back in the building, and I have an extremely special, it don't get no more special than this, unless it's my wife. Got my firstborn, my son, Elijah. Say what's up to the people, bruh. Hello, people. Uh, how's it feel to be in the studio, man? Good. Yeah? Yeah. You ready to pod? Yes. Tell the folks about where we just went, man. What you, what you just got exposed to before we got here. We went to Pips Donuts. Who? And Who? Pips. Okay, Pips. Right. Went to Pips Donuts, and mm-hmm. we got some very small donuts. We got 12 of them. I felt really full after, mm-hmm. but they were really good. You was about to pass out. Mm-hmm. You was kind of losing consciousness over there. Yep. Had to throw water in your face. No, you didn't. <laughs> so what was your favorite donut? Probably the bacon. No. Um, the dirty woo. The dirty woo. So the dirty woo that was the. The cinnamon, the cinnamon and sugar. Uh, the cinnamon and Nutella. Cinnamon and Nutella, yeah. combination. Yeah. Yeah. So we had the we had the dirty woo, and then we had the, what was it? The candied bacon. The ma- candied bacon maple. The um sea salt. And hun and raw raw honey and sea salt. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And then the sweet potato pie. Yep, that was my favorite. Yeah. And what else? We had something else. Oh, just the cinnamon sugar. Yeah, cinnamon yeah. sugar. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna be honest. That bacon one, I wasn't really trying to try. If you didn't like really encourage me to try it, 
That's the one that I've never had. I've been there a couple times. I've never had that it one. It tastes better than it sounds. It does. You got that right. So, um, and then you pointed out to me that everybody gets a free dozen. On their birthday. On their birthday. But you have to be 18 or older to purchase it. To per- Oh, see, I wasn't reading the fine print. I thought yes. you. Yes. Okay. So that means you can't just walk in there and, and say, and I'm get- 11. Yeah. That I just turned 11. You, I got to be in there with you. Yeah, you have to buy them. It's like if you go there like on a regular day like we did today, all you all have right. to do is buy them. So if y'all here in Portland, y'all didn't know, at Pips Donuts, and that's like on 48th and Fremont, P-I-P-S, Pips Donuts, man. Fire, very good donuts. and They're small. But they're, they're small, good. but they're good, and they're fresh, and they're hot. Nothing is old and sitting in a, in a glass case. But, yeah, man, you get a free dozen on your birthday. So I didn't even know that. So if y'all don't know, now you know. If you're from out of town and uh, you come visit Portland, go to Pips. It's fire. You will not be disappointed, I promise you. Would you say the same, Elijah? Yes. For sure. All right. So this is a seasonal Thanksgiving Thanksgiving version of Hugh Knows. Uh, Hugh pertaining to color spectrum and knows because we know. The uh, black, brown, and indigenous people, we have knowledge that has not been tapped into. Uh, our history is not just, it's not black history, it's not native, it's history. This is real history. So we're going to get into a story of Thanksgiving. I've done a few episodes on this. I've actually, I've only done one, but I, I recycle it every year. <laughs> but this is going to be our, my uh, 2019 Thanksgiving version. Hugh knows with my son Elijah sitting in with me, sitting in with me. So we're going to watch this video we're going to listen we're going to react we're going to ask questions add context do what we do all right so let's get to it thanksgiving and how it's not the image ingrained in tradition at the start of the 17th century southern new england was home to a variety of busy communities within several confederations these were the people of the first light and they called their home the Dawnland. Political leaders were known as sachems and had been trading with europeans for over 100 years before the pilgrims now, in school, do they ever talk about no people coming over before um well like slavery and so we like uh we were reading a book like uh, we read a few books about kind of that mm-hmm. and so recently we did like a paper or whatever mm-hmm. on this um tribes mm-hmm. so we would find our tribe see what land they had. And then we would make it, put it on a map. We did that. Yeah. Yeah. And what, do you remember, like, what part of the country you guys were mapping out? Was it, like, the East Coast tribes, or was it, like, It was Oregon? all over the, it was the United States, but before it was united. Mm-hmm. And we just did our tribes and stuff, put it, and we all had separate maps to show which ones were where. Yeah. And stuff. Okay, that's dope. All right, let's uh, continue with the story. And they called their home the Dawnland. Political leaders were known as Sachems and had been trading with Europeans for over 100 years before the Pilgrims. Relations soured only after deceitful Europeans kidnapped locals to sell as slaves. Permanent European settlement was impossible due to the already high population of native occupants. Now, did you notice that part? He said they were capturing people as slaves, and this is 100 years before quote-unquote thanksgiving happened so this is like in the 1500s so the slave trade wasn't just africa you know 
Europeans taking Africans and then bringing them to the so-called Americas, they were taking natives and taking them back to Europe. That's pretty crazy, huh? Yeah. It's wild. 1616, tradesmen introduced a disease to the Dawnland, whose inhabitants died in droves from a lack of immunity. In three years, up to 90% were wiped out in several confederations, including the Wampanoag. Now, for those that aren't, we're, we're watching a YouTube video, and I'll post a link to this video, guys, so you can um, reference this and watch it for yourself. It's only like a six-minute video. But um, what they're talking about is like the, the East Coast, like Northeast, this, where this story is taking place. So like Massachusetts... Rhode Island uh, in that area. Their head sachem, Massasoit, was aware of how close they were to being subjugated by their unafflicted enemy, the Narangaset. He was determined to save his people from such a fate. This was the political world the pilgrims were about to enter. The pilgrims were not called pilgrims by their contemporaries. They were known as separatists, a branch of the English Puritans. King James hated Puritans and began persecuting them in 1604. So the separatists fled to Holland, where they were free to worship. But because they feared losing their national and communal identity, the congregation wanted a new place to plant their church. They decided on America and asked King James for a patent that would grant them rights to build a colony. They planned to make a profit catching fish to pay off the debts to their investors. The Mayflower set sail on September 6th. Two months later, Cape Cod was spotted and 16 men were sent to shore to inspect the air. Now, is, is any of this information new to you? All of it. All of it. So the fact that the Puritans were, it was more of, it was a religious group? Mm-hmm. Okay. Do they, do they talk about King James in school? No. Not at all? No. Okay. What do you know about King James other than LeBron James? Nothing. What other, what other term in this world kind of sparks your, your mind when you hear King James? LeBron James. Other than, anything else? The King James Version? Oh, yeah, the Bible. The Bible. It's crazy, huh? Our dots connecting in no brain. No. Okay, let's keep going. Area. Unfortunately, the settlers didn't know how to fish, and food was running out. They resorted to stealing from graves, homes, and storage pits to keep everyone alive. Then came their first hostile encounter with natives, but no one was killed. On December. Did you know there? So these people were starving, and they weren't. They didn't know how to farm until the land, so they were literally digging up graves and eating that's disgusting dead bodies how are they not dead well we'll see number 12 they reached new plymouth they did not land on any specific rock but folklore insists they did construction began in january by winter's end 44 settlers would be dead from bad conditions mm. In March, they were surprised when a man named Samoset walked into New Plymouth, greeting them in English. He told them they were building on top of a village called Patuxet, whose residents had all died from the recent epidemic. Samoset, if you guys can't tell, he is someone that is native to the land. It belonged to the Wampanoag, and their chief, Massasoit, was watching them. The settlers were eager to trade, so five days later, Samoset returned with furs and companions, including Tisquantum. Known famously as Squanto, he had come to tell them in perfect English that Massasoit had arrived. After years... Squanto is a key figure in this story, and they'll get to it. Did they talk about Squanto in school? No. Let's learn about Squanto. Because of dealing with Englishmen, the Sachem did not trust the newcomers. Edward Winslow was sent to be a hostage and declared the settlers' peaceful intentions. Satisfied? 
Edward Winslow. Now, Elijah, you won't know nothing about this, but Family Matters. Isn't that weird that the dad's name was Eddie Winslow? I wonder if there was any type of symbolism that they were trying to do. You know? Mm-mm. No? I got to show you that show. You, you've never seen Family Matters, huh? I got to mm-hmm. show you on YouTube. Uh, Steve Urkel? I've watched that before. That's Family Matters. Oh. Okay. Massasoit walked into New Plymouth and was regally greeted by the governor. A peace treaty was created, ensuring mutual protection if attacked by enemies. With the help of Squanto, New Plymouth settlers began to fare better. He taught them how to grow crops and was absolutely vital as an interpreter. To the separatists, he was a gift from God. But in fact, Squanto had been kidnapped from Patuxet in 1614 and shipped to Spain to be sold into slavery. He ended up in London at the home of a merchant who taught him English and arranged for Squanto's return to the Dawnland in 1619. But Patoxat was now gone, wiped away by the epidemic. Massasoit took him in with suspicion because of his years abroad, but needed a translator to parlay with the newcomers. So that's crazy. So once when they were saying how people were getting taken into slavery 100 years before the Puritans showed up, Squanto was one of those guys. So he ended up going to Europe getting taught English and then they sent them back because they didn't want them no more. Wow. And so now he is a key figure in the story because he's the only person that can translate. Mm. He eventually sent his warrior Hobamok to live among the settlers and keep an eye on Squanto. By fall, the settlers had a bountiful harvest and a feast was held to celebrate. Massasoit showed up with 90 warriors and five deer for the meal. For three days, the English and Wampanoag ate and entertained one another. This was the famous first Thanksgiving children learn about in school. However, the word Thanksgiving would not have been used by these settlers to denote a harvest feast. Now, tell me, why, why are you shaking your head? What's going on? Because he just said that this is the Thanksgiving that they know in teaching schools now, which they've never taught me. And all the schools have been to. But what do they, your school's got to be teaching y'all something about it, right? No? What are no. they, I mean, what, what stories do they tell or what do they share about Thanksgiving? I think the only thing that they probably said was the pilgrims. Pilgrims and Indians. Yeah. They didn't talk about Indians. All they talk about is pilgrims. <laughs> All they talk about is pilgrims. Okay. And what do, what do they say about the pilgrims? That they had a feast with the Indians and mm-hmm. they traded stuff. And yeah, that's it. That's it. But they didn't they didn't talk about the the di- I don't want to say dire, that's a big word, but like they didn't talk about the bad circumstances that the pilgrims were in, and no. that, that they were barely surviving, and that they were cannibals and eating other dead people. No. And that the Indians ba- basically saved them. They didn't say anything about that? No. Mm, interesting. For Puritans, a day of Thanksgiving was a day of fasting while giving... And for context, y'all, my son has been to private and, and charter school. Mm, mm, mm. We gotta do better. Thanks to God in prayer. But the story of pilgrims and Indians does not end here. Mm. During New Plymouth's first year, Squanto had been up to something. Realizing his substantial power as the only English speaker of his people, he conceived a plan to overthrow Massasoit. He persu- Before we get into the 
the diabolical plan. So so that meal that they called Thanksgiving wasn't Thanksgiving, right? Okay. So it was just a meal that happened that, you know, that was basically the people celebrating <clears throat> kind of like an alliance between the pilgrims and the, uh, that, that tribe, I forgot the name of the tribe, I'm not going to mess it up, but that tribe of Indians uh, or natives. And now when we look back at history, they call that Thanksgiving. Um, but why? We're gonna, because the real history is pretty disturbing, and that's what we're going to get into. Persuaded locals he could command the English to make war or peace at his will. Hobomak was suspicious of Squanto and warned Governor Bradford. Soon enough, they discovered Squanto's plot and informed Massasoit, who was furious. Mm. He demanded Squanto be handed over for a swift execution. Bradford refused. The do I need to run it back? Do you understand why they're mad at Squanto? Because he was doing a plot to do war? Yeah, to, to team up with the pilgrims. And to overthrow the natives. The interpreter was too valuable to give up. But according to the treaty, Squanto's life belonged in the hands of his sachem. You know what a treaty is? No. It's just basically a contract um, between two groups of people. But typically it has to do with some type of conflict that was going on or to like not go into war, like a peace treaty. But it's basically just a contract. Let's run it back. Over mm. For a swift execution, Bradford refused. The interpreter was too valuable to give up. But according to the treaty, Squanto's life belonged in the hands of his sachem. Bradford finally conceded. He was about to hand over Squanto when an unidentified ship appeared. The alarm it caused delayed Bradford and worried Massasoit's envoys. That's wild. So Bradford, which is um, the European, the pilgrim, he didn't want to give up Squanto, didn't want to give him over to the native tribe, to the, to the chief. But the chief was like, bro, we've already signed a treaty. And so Bradford's like, all right, I guess. And then a ship shows up. Angered and impatient, they left. The ship carried 60 Englishmen planning to build a colony near Boston. They abused the Massachusetts locals, initiating a conspiracy to kill the colonists. Warned about the plot, New Plymouth's leaders launched a preemptive strike to save their impudent countrymen. It bought peace for a time. In that time, more Puritan settlers arrived, soon outnumbering the natives. And while the Pilgrims' treaty with Massasoit lasted until the Sachem's death, other Puritans were not concerned with such alliances. Their fanatic religious principles ensured no peace between the two cultures could last. To Puritans, Native Americans were the other, wild, savage, godless. With such an ideology, the outcome was inevitable. If they did not convert to Christianity and surrender their cultural identity, they had to be eliminated. Now, was religion ever talked about when they, when they you know, tell you the story in school? No. That's kind of wild because religion is like the is the key point, like what they were, what they were saying. Because like some of the teachers in my school, they're mm -hmm. not they don't all agree on the same religion, so mm -hmm. they won't teach. They won't speak on it. Yeah. Mm. What do you think about that? I I understand it, mm -hmm. but like, yeah, I understand it. But just because you don't believe in it doesn't mean you don't have to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's that's how I feel because this is whatever religion you believe or don't believe, religion does play a part in history. And in this story, 
of America, religion has a big role that it that it has played. And so what they were saying is what what religion played and it painted the Indian as the other. So there was something called um there's there's these letters letters called the papal bulls and that the the papal bull is like a uh, a letter that was written by like a priest or something like that or or the pope i believe it, it might have been the pope and then um but it's a religious thing that basically tells the people like the the european christians that god is telling them that they are superior to everyone else and anyone that is not a christian is a savage or an animal and uh, therefore they can be exterminated i don't think that's sh- like isn't christians and god are all about peace so if they're about peace shouldn't they still care about the people that they don't that necessarily don't believe in them like you can't say i want peace and then kill people that don't believe in you that just doesn't seem right Elijah, i wholeheartedly agree but that's what was going on. That's the foundation of this country. When these, when those folks were coming over here in droves, so once again, they had been here before and they had taken people and they had sold them into slavery in Europe, in Spain, in Britain, whatever. But now they're coming to stay. These Puritans, like this religious sect that doesn't get along with King James and the Church of England and the other guys, now they're coming over here to do their religious thing over here. But it's tough, man. I mean, that's but that but those people firmly believed that they were in the right when they were doing what they were doing. It's kind of crazy, ain't it? First Thanksgiving was a brief moment of harmony between two worlds, but sadly, it was short lived. The capitalist opportunities the Dawnland presented, combined with zealous puritanical beliefs, were incentive enough to wipe away the native inhabitants. There is nothing wrong with sharing a feast of thanks with loved ones, but remember the true events that started the holiday, and not the fairy tale. The end. (laughs) Any other thoughts that you have? Nope. Any emotions going through your mind? You mad at your teachers? Not really. Like. I'll probably learn most of this stuff in middle school. Mm-hmm. So, but if I don't, I probably will be mad at my teachers. Yeah. Do you feel like you would want to, if you don't get taught the right things in school? I would you... eventually find out, like, at my other school, mm-hmm. when they talked about Martin Luther King and stuff, uh-huh. some of the stuff, some of the things that they were saying was false. So I corrected them, mm-hmm. but I got in trouble. So, what you mean you got in trouble? If I corrected them, they would, they got mad at me, and then I got in trouble. So what is this? What I do I remember this? Do I know what you're talking about? I think mom does. Was it the issue where I was like emailing your teacher back and forth about yes. stuff? I thought you weren't in trouble. They they made you get in trouble for that. Yes. In trouble, like, you couldn't go to recess or they just didn't want you to speak out? And then I, they made you, like, stop talking? They, I think it was, yeah, they didn't let me go to recess. Really? Well, reason number 77 why you're not at that school anymore. 
But one thing that I want you to do is don't stop doing that. I'm not. Yeah. Because uh, it's a lot of false information. And what if, would you believe me if I told you that most people have never heard that story? Adults. No. It's true, man. Especially here in Oregon. Why you say especially here in Oregon? Well, Portland. Why you say Portland? Go ahead. You can. This is a place. This is free. Free space to unapologetically. That means without apology, you can express what you want to express. Speak your mind. There's no judgment. Everybody that listens to this show, they understand you and they feel you and they accept you. I say especially not in Oregon because, like, if you would know if you were taught in your school, but the schools here now, they're not that great. Mm-hmm. And the teachers aren't that good. Mm-hmm. And, like, yeah, we just don't have that much support for learning and stuff. Mm. You felt that way in the private school, too? Yeah. Well, well of course, no. they were getting you in well, trouble. For- no, I didn't feel that way because they had a lot. They have a lot of options. Mm-hmm. But, like, still... They wouldn't teach certain stuff, and they would take, instead of telling the real story, mm-hmm. they would take their side and then act like their side is true. What side is their side? The European side? Yeah. Mm. But but the thing is, um, back in the day, especially when we didn't have YouTube and Google and, you know, like a lot of uh, black folks in America... Or just anybody that was non-white growing up in America, all we knew is what they taught us. Yeah. And if you didn't have a relative that would teach you otherwise or tell you otherwise, for a good period of time, most people believe the stories that they were told. And so I would say, I would say most people, I would say a a good 70, 80 percent of people in America have never really took time to find out the real meaning of Christianity in America, how that happened, the Thanksgiving story, how that meal came about. Most people don't know that the original pilgrims were cannibals. They don't know that. And not who, to say they were cannibals. Who would think of that? Like I know, but it's like that's a part of history, though. You know? And I want to say, how do we know that's all true? What, this? Yeah, that video. Mmm, that's a that's a good uh that's a good proposition. Good question. The more um, the more we research it. But how do we know the research is true? Mm, you gotta you gotta keep you gotta keep testing it. So how about we do this instead of just going off of one video? Um, let's go to another one that I have queued up here. This is an excerpt of. Cannon's class. So Nick Cannon forgot who he was talking to. But let's let's get into it. So someone else that's telling that Thanksgiving story. Another uh, session of Cannon's class, a very special Cannon's class with, you know, Dr. Carr, who's been people in the comments. They loving everything that you have to say. They want to make sure they can always get in contact with you, obviously. I'm honored uh, to be here with you. Bro. Oh, it's That's an honor. Uh, Dr. Carr, I don't know and, his and, first name. You know, oh, Gregory Carr. This one, Dr. Gregory uh, Carr. Just a, a, some quick attention based off of this uh, holiday that we uh, is among us mm-hmm. called Thanksgiving. Yes. Now, Thanksgiving, as we know, is uh, a holiday in once you're in school that we teach to our kids that 
you know, the pilgrims and, and the Indians come together and right. they share a feast. Friendship. And friendship. <laughs> and it's, it's all about family and, and sharing yeah. when ultimately uh, from my studies, and I'm pretty sure you can uh, kind of expound on this even more, is that really that feast was ultimately a, a celebration for a massacre of over 700 Native Americans. And then now what he's talking about, the feast was actually a... Um, um, a celebration of a massacre. Now, on my research that I've done, just other research online um, and other publications and books, that's what I know to be true. But let's let them continue. So that's why that's when you when you ask that question, how do we know it's true? You got to just kind of keep researching and seeing what's consistent and what is inconsistent. And once Abraham Lincoln, actually years later then sanctioned it a holiday That's and kind of tried to clean it up a little bit. But the actual, you know, feast that the pilgrims were having during that time wasn't a celebration of, of friendliness or giving at all. It was really like, hey, they finally got some food right. because they had been starving. That's right. And they they killed the, the, the godless Indians, which they called it. So I would love to just, you know, kind of pick your brain on that and just say, why is it that we celebrate Thanksgiving and why haven't we heard the truth about Thanksgiving? Well, I think you just laid it out. If you <laughs> tell the truth, then you got to talk about an act of genocide. Right. right. Yeah, that, that first Plymouth colony in the early 17th century, you know, we know that they landed here in 1620. Right. Or as Malcolm said, Plymouth Rock you know, landed on us. <laughs> yeah, right? we didn't land on no, Plymouth landed Rock. On, that's right. Plymouth Rock landed <laughs> on, on us, brother. Yeah. And um, our Native American, uh, the Wampanoag people in that region, right. in Massachusetts, and they only came here, these white folks, with about 100 so-called colonists. Wow. By the time they got through that first winter, uh, they were celebrating the fact that they had survived, but only about half of them survived. Wow. Yeah. And we only so he said only half of them survived. This is a different guy. The people that made that first video said 44 people survived. So the actual number is, is relative. He but said 100. There was around 100 people. That came. Let's, let's run it back. Let's run it back. It was a little over 50. By the yeah. And um, our Native American, uh, the Wampanoag people in that region, right. in Massachusetts, and they only came here, these white folks, with about 100 so-called colonists. Wow. By the time they got through that first winter, uh, they were celebrating the fact that they had survived, but only about half of them survived. Wow. Yeah, and we were only a little over 50. Wow. So they a had a little 50. harvest, but before they had that harvest, they were dying from disease and starvation. Right. There are only two accounts that survived, that give any testimony as to who was there at that first Thanksgiving. And both of them written from the white side. Right. We know now, looking at some of the records of trials, for example. Hmm. I think the guy from the other video mm -hmm. assumed that they were getting dead bodies to eat and sell. Because, like, if you don't know how to fish or, like, farm or anything, like, why would you dig up dead bodies and know you're going to die well they they're they're not digging up bodies and knowing that they're going to die i mean they're they're like in a in a mode of desperation so in order to not die they're trying to eat then and why didn't they just part try to partner with the indians earlier it's a good question let's let's continue uh learning
that some of those folks weren't just eating vegetables and, and meat. Right. Uh, th well, they were eating meat, but some of the meat it's included human it's meat. Human meat, brother. Because <laughs> <laughs> when when you starving and somebody died, you looking at them like, well, you're not using your body anymore, so maybe I just wow. need to eat you. So at the first Thanksgiving, they <laughs> it wasn't no turkey. Well, they, right, well, they, <laughs> they were giving thanks that they didn't have to eat each other anymore. Right, right, right. Although in their defense, in a little bit, they some of them were tried for that because cannibalism was still something that they didn't want to do. Wow. But at some point, you have to survive. Right. So it's not like they wanted to do that, and it's not like that was a part of their culture, but it was that bad, according to what he studied and according to the last the video. Time. Yeah. You know, but the Native Americans, on the other hand, who apparently attended the first Thanksgiving, the Native Americans who may have been as much as 90 folks who were there. Right. And there's no clear account as to why they were there. Right. They had plenty of food. Right. Cranberries, fish. They had done from all the that. Land. <laughs> from it's the a, land. It was their it land. It was their land. In fact, they did help some of those Europeans survive. Right. Now, looking back 500-some years later, that may have been a bad decision. Right. <laughs> but they did help them, and they were celebrating. It wasn't friendship. Now, there were some, Afri uh, some Africans. There were some Native Americans. <laughs> right. It was one dude named Squanto, for example. Right. Who ended there up being Squanto enslaved. Again. Wow. That's how he learned English. Wow. So he became a translator. Wow. Because he had been pressed into service by these Europeans mm -hmm. who, as you said, looked at these Native Americans as they were godless. Right. So they gave thanks to their God for having taken land from people who didn't even see land that way. Right. Because they were like. Well, they didn't even see it as theirs. This it, is like land is land. Exactly. They truly believe this land is our land. It's this our land is your land. land. Your land. <laughs> nature. Right. In fact, they didn't even farm the right. way we think about farming. Right. When you look at the European style, they clear out the land, then they make rows of things. Right. The Native Americans are like, what are they doing? Right. You grow food in conversation with other food. Wow. So the squash. The to jump in here, so when, when they're saying they didn't look at land the way that Europeans look at, so what they're saying is, like, the Natives, they didn't sell or feel like they own land. So they would, they would live in their territory. So their tribe has this area or whatever. The other tribe has that area. But like individual people, there was no, this is my plot of land. This is my plot of land. You, you see what I'm saying? So there was no real estate market. There was no one that had to work for somebody else to raise crops on someone else's land or to live in a house. So you know how now like people buy houses in America. We, people rent. There was none of that before the Europeans came here. Oh. So, you know, like, we, we bought our house a couple of years ago. You wouldn't have to do that. You wouldn't have to save up a whole bunch of money and put down a whole bunch of money to buy a house. Okay. What do you think the world would be like? I think it would be much better. Mm-hmm. The world would be way more healthier. Mm -hmm. And, like, I think... People might live longer, and we might find more cures for stuff. Mm. And we wouldn't be getting as sick with all those fatty foods and stuff. Everybody would be healthy. You think that the fact that we have to process. process everything? Yeah. But what do you think the process comes from, though? Like, why do we have to process everything? Because it's dirty. Because it's dirty, because we're building all this stuff. And yeah, like, it's going to get more dirty, because, like, here in Portland... Every open space they see, they think of apartments there, <laughs> hotels there, 
condos here. Mm. Like no community centers or mm. gardens mm. or gyms or anything. Wow. They just see living spaces just to make money. But if they think about it, you don't want to have a lot of houses and a lot of like living spaces for everybody. Sure, you're going to get the money and stuff, but just think of other people, how they feel once they don't have that much money and they can't build all those houses and, like, everything, all the apartments and stuff are expensive. How are you going to get money if nobody's going to buy your product? That's a great observation, Lars. That makes, like, that makes some sense. It's very simple, and everything that you broke down is 100% true and wildly accurate. But unfortunately... America is run by greed. And most of the world now, because the world economic system is pretty much all connected because of the internet and just all these other advancements. So everything is built on greed. And I think Portland is different. They build houses. We went to Santa Clara a few days ago. I mean, a few months ago. Months ago. Mm-hmm. And like, like two months ago. And when we went downtown, we just saw like, businesses like they actually help people and stuff like oh there was a lot of business there so mm. if you want to do business stuff you can go there go Atlanta all that all those places mm-hmm. and here they're just living spaces and houses and the next thing you know they'll be there like they'll be there for a long time and then just get tore down mm. like some like I've heard that some people they have like their houses like my mom she her uncle i think he had a land and they when they were younger they just like um played in the yards and stuff Mm -hmm. and i don't know if it got tore down but i think pretty soon somebody will buy the land and then tore tear history from our family down man it's been happening for decades now especially in portland what they you know what people talk about the gentrification yeah and so I remember she used to tell me a story about uh, Grandma and Grandpa Will's house. I think that's yeah. my, maybe that's what she was talking about. Like it was me, it was Uncle Rudy's house. Oh, or, Uncle Rudy. Yeah, it, I think it was his. Mm. And and Grandpa and Grandma had one too. But Uncle, she was, was she talking about Portland or was she talking about like Mississippi? I think that was Mississippi. Okay. Yeah, it, that was Uncle Rudy's. Yeah. Yeah, that was Uncle Rudy's. Yeah. In the South, yeah, people be having land. Like, uh, one of these days, hopefully we'll be able to go to North Carolina. I mean, it's not much down here, but our family has a lot of land in North Carolina on uh, Grandpa's side. My dad's dad that passed. Mm -hmm. On his side, they got a lot of family and a a lot of land. So, in the South, you do have that luxury. But in Portland, not so much. But Grandma and Grandpa Wills had a house by Fern Hill Park. You know where Fern Hill is at? The park. I, we've been there, but I, just, I don't remember what it looks like. Yeah, we've been there, passed there a few times. But uh, they had a big house there, and their yard kind of went into the back. Like, the backyard pretty much went into the park. They still had a fence. But they had a real big yard. And then they tore down that house and built two houses yeah, <laughs> on that, that was That was, like, like, Nani's old house. Yeah. There was the fence, and then, like, me and my cousin, the Ryan, them. We would just climb over the fence and then just go to the park mm-hmm. because it was just right behind. Yeah, and yeah. we could just come back whenever we want. Mm-hmm. The good old days, man. We're going to have to bring that back somehow, some way. We're going to have to get some land, Lars. 
You down for that? Yeah, sure. For sure. All right, let's run it back. The pumpkins, the green. Gr right. When you look at the European style, they clear out the land, then they make rows of things. Right. The Native Americans like, what are they doing? Right. You grow food in conversation with other food. Wow. So the squash, the pumpkins, the it greens, all grew together. It all grew together, and that way you get to replenish the land. Because what's taken from one gives to the other, and you don't have to keep clearing our land to plant new crops. You don't That's plant powerful. single crops. Right, right, right. <laughs> so even the technology of Thanksgiving gives us this notion that somehow the Europeans were superior. Right. Their God was better. Their science was better. But no, they had starved. They had disease, and about half of them had died. Right. And they celebrated making it through their first winter, and the Native Americans showed up to be like, well, I guess y'all made it. Meanwhile, they flattened them. So the first meal was them just simply celebrating that they made, the people that survived, survived that winter. So is Thanksgiving something that is religious? No. Okay. Let's, let's continue to learn. The Native Americans. Man, and that's it. Celebrated making it through their first winter, and the Native Americans showed up to be like, "Well, I guess y'all made it." Meanwhile, they flattened on the Native Americans. Man, and that's it again. Like even going back to what we discussed about Columbus Day, and yeah. you know that it should be shifted to Indigenous Peoples Day. But even again, this shows the kind hand and the generosity of the natives to. It, even though it was a massacre that, you know, yeah. that, that that was all not that was being set up. And therefore, they were all thinking of the Europeans were thinking to rob them the entire time. That's right. But these kind people were still willing to give their land, give their food and share with them. And we almost when we celebrate Thanksgiving, we almost again, we see it from the European perspective That's right. as I'm giving you something and you're giving me something when ultimately the natives were saving the Europeans. Right. And even that idea, like, that should be something that we should embrace. And, and, and Your face. I don't think that's, I think that can be for his family and stuff. Because, like, when we have Thanksgiving at mm -hmm. the beach house and stuff, mm -hmm. we don't give somebody something and then they give us a thing. Like, something like Christmas, kind of. Mm -hmm. We just make food, have fun, <laughs> and... Just be thankful for all the stuff that we have. Yeah. And all the family. Yeah. And that's what that's what Thanksgiving has turned into. I kind of see that as like a, it's a Christmas, but no gifts. Mm. Like celebrating family time, mm -hmm. but just not giving gifts. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you put it that way, I agree. It's no gifts mm -hmm. and a lot of food. Yeah. Well, like, after we get the gifts, like we do, we go to Grammy and Papa's house, mm -hmm. and then they make food and all of our other relatives and stuff. Like, we have a yeah. celebration, food party. Yeah. So yeah, so I just think of Thanksgiving over the first Christmas without presents. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. But I think... What uh what Nick is getting at is like what he was taught. I think that's what he was trying to explain. Like what he was taught coming up, what Thanksgiving was about was giving like the pilgrims and the Indians coming together peacefully and they were like all on the same team or just all buddy buddy. Yeah. That's that's I know that was taught to me in school. And like I think yeah, cause. Thanksgiving could be Christmas, but, like, you know how some people do gift ex 
exchanges on mm-hmm. Christmas and stuff. Mm-hmm. I think that would be more Thanksgiving if you really think about it, mm-hmm. because they traded, um, they just traded stuff and got stuff back in land. Well, they didn't trade land; they took their land. Yeah. But like they were just they were still trading stuff even though they're living on the same land, mm-hmm. and that's what Christmas would be for some people. Cause wow. Some people do gift exchanges and stuff. Isn't that crazy? You just, look at you. You cracked the code right there. What they just explained was basically Christmas. So why do you think, that's crazy. I never looked at it that way, Lash. The people in the last video, it showed them. Exchanging ex- knives and yeah. staffs and like whatever. Yeah, and then like the, um, the tribe would give them like furs and blankets yeah, and they would bring for the um yeah so the feast part is thanksgiving but everything else would be christmas mm. because like the feast i remember they brought like five deers and furs and stuff mm-hmm. but then the trading before the party mm-hmm. or like whatever mm-hmm. celebration yeah they were trading stuff trading land trading food and all that type of stuff man that's deep very profound life in celebrating and even as you know we all gonna sit down and have our smoked turkey and chitlins (laughs) and and, and ham and all of that stuff and we've turned it more into a cultural day about family yes uh which i can embrace i mean anytime we can get down and 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 build with our our generations and our family is important but uh i think Again, that truth needs to come to the forefront of why these holidays were created and, and even the purpose. And like I said, even so much so that I felt like Lincoln used it as propaganda. Oh, you know he did. To, again, bring I would to bring people closer together, but sure. at the idea to. Hmm. So I remember in school, like we were learning because we were reading this book and there was Lincoln, he did a... Letter, I forgot what it was called. Emancipation, Emancipation Proclamation. Proclamation, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's what they kind of did for Thanksgiving when they signed the, um, what was it He called? made it a holiday? No, he, they Oh, they signed a treaty? Yeah, the treaty. Mm-hmm. And, like, I remember that. Yeah, they did that. And then once for the Emancipation Proclamation, they, he freed slaves. Mm-hmm. And... The peop- the slave owners didn't like that, but he still did it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's continue. I think he's going to give some more information on Lincoln, but that's a very good connection that you just made. To say, look at what the elite have set up. That's exactly right. Right. Well, 1863, when we see it become part of the formal American calendar, you know, the Civil War is still going on. Right. Part of it is trying to create a national identity. Right. How do you build? And that's what... That everyone can embrace. That's exactly right. That patriotism. That's exactly right. Holidays are about building a national identity, a patriotism, a love of country. A myth that everyone can follow. Straight myth, brother. (laughs) This is a guy who signs an Emancipation Proclamation Mm. and in the same breath then signs the death warrant on 38 Lakota Sioux in Minnesota, the biggest killing of people by a pre- approved by a president a guy named little crow who was uh-huh. leading a revolt against the, the united states army up in- so when he says when he accuses lincoln of using it as propaganda what propaganda means is like information that you're trying to put out there to sway some to persuade so that was like when um they were 
like becoming Christian, and then mm-hmm. he said the people that didn't believe had to die yeah. and get eliminated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was propaganda. Look at you, boy. The connections, the same thing. So they would use Christianity. They would send the the, the Europeans um, would the colonizers would send the missionaries first. And they, hey, we come in peace. We we give you the Bible. We give you God. We give you Jesus. You should convert. You can't give people Jesus. Why not? Jesus, and if you want to believe him, that's an that's an optional thing. Mm-hmm. It's not like you're born. Oh, I believe in Jesus. I'm Christian. Yay. Mm-hmm. It's like, for me, when I was younger, both sides of my family, they were both Christian. Mm-hmm. You, your side. Mom's tired. So for most of my life, I was Christian because I didn't really. I understand some of it. Like when I was younger, all I really knew was he died for our sins and that type of stuff. Mm -hmm. And then once I started thinking about it more, I don't really believe everything that they taught us in church Mm. and that. So when did you start questioning? Was it um, when I stopped going to church? No. When was it? I still wouldn't. Um, let's see. When did it stop? Um, probably when we started going to Emmanuel more. Yeah. Okay. When we yeah when we started going to Emmanuel more, mm-hmm. and like we mom read the Bible and stuff, and she got me that book, mm-hmm. and then I didn't research it. I just thought about it more in, like, just hearing from the Bible, like when I went to children's church and how they said it and then other people said it. How do we know one thing is true if, like, for example, we go to Mount Olivet and we go to Emmanuel's Temple? Mm-hmm. They say different things, so how do we know which one to believe? Like, how do we know which one is true? It's a profound question. That's when you got to start doing research for yourself, you know. But also, um, a lot of it comes down to critical thinking. And um, if what if you believe in God, but somehow you still get hurt and die? Like, what if there's people that believe in God and, like, they're suicidal and stuff like that? So what... So tell me what the conflict is in your mind that you don't have an answer to that question. So, like, some people believe in God, but they're still, like, suicidal. Like, so you're saying if they believe in God, they should be, they should have peace in their mind and peace in yeah, their Yeah, like, isn't that what he's all about? And, like, if they're suicidal, doesn't God, he knows the outcome of your life. So, like, Supposedly. if somebody's suicidal mm-hmm. and then they die, mm-hmm. wouldn't that be God's fault and he doesn't want peace? You're making some bold, that's what I'm always making some dope connections. That's what I'm always confused about. Like if he controls your future or like your life and you die and he they pray to you and all that type of stuff, like for example, my my goddad, mm-hmm. he was Christian and his wife was too. My godmom. Mm-hmm. And so when he was in the hospital they prayed a lot. Me and my mom, my sister, and you prayed a lot. Mm-hmm. But he still didn't, like, 
get well he got out the hospital but he was still sick mm -hmm. like he never came out the hospital and wasn't sick mm -hmm. so that's how he passed so you saying be like why what's the point of praying yeah if like, god is in yeah. control or something like that because like if i pray for something that i need or that like i want to happen mm -hmm. i'll pray for it a lot but then it never happens like like, most of the stuff that I prayed about hasn't happened. Mm. And isn't he, like, what's the point of praying? I feel you. I feel you, Watch. There, <laughs> man, where, where, do, where do I start, bro? Um, I think, I think the, uh, the conflict that you, that you're running into is very common and it's, and I'm proud of you for having that having that mindset to be able to think critically and ask those questions, because these are these are questions that have been asked since the beginning of time, since the beginning of, you know, especially the time in America, since, you know, we're as you know black folks in America been under Christianity for so long. And some of us are are only doing it only did it out of survival. And now we're not like held under the yoke of white supremacy to the point where we can actually make decisions and we have options and we can get jobs and start businesses. So we don't need them as much as we thought we needed them. So we don't have to do all the things that they forced us to do. So now people like myself and you are asking these questions, like all the stuff that we were taught, like in the past, you know, my parents and grandparents and great, great, all those, all, all of our ancestors, they did it because it just kind of helped like that belief in something greater, that belief in, in God, the God of the Bible and going to heaven, like all of that helped them survive all the bad things that they were going through, getting lynched, getting beat up, not having no, like not, not having anything, you know? And so they just believed in God. And like, that was all they had. Just that belief helped them survive another day. Go ahead. You had a question. And, um, how do they know that we go to heaven if we're good and we go to hell if we're bad? Like, nobody has been there. And then, like, some people say they go to heaven and then they're reborn in a different body mm -hmm. and stuff like that. No like, one has been there. You're yeah, right. That's like, You're right, Lash. Nobody has been there and come back. And about the Bible, how do we know that it's non-fictional? Because, like, you read comic books, yeah, they're fictional, mm -hmm. and then you read nonfiction books that, like, most of them are true, mm -hmm. but not all. So we don't have any real evidence that the Bible is real. So I did. I was. Uh, I did an episode with. Remember that one time we went to that really small church at night, and my friend Quincy was preaching. Yeah. So I did an episode with him. So he. He has like a master's in theology and he studied Hebrew and Greek in Jerusalem, in Israel, like where everything went down. All those Bible stories, most of them happened in that area. Mm -hmm. You know, Jerusalem is in Israel like that's the holy land, quote unquote, you know. And so according to his research, he's he's read all the scriptures. He's read all the versions of the Bible in in Latin and Greek. He's read Dead Sea Scrolls, things you may never heard about, but like other 
texts that have been found like within the past hundred years that kind of prove that these the scriptures that we read today existed a long time ago. Uh, they were found in some old caves um, near the near the Dead Sea. Uh, I say all that to say this. Based upon his research, he has come to the conclusion that the first like Genesis chapter one through 11, like the creation story, Adam and Eve, Noah's Ark, all of that. All of that is myth. Mm-hmm. Just so all of that is fiction, just like a, a comic book. And if you think about it, and if you think about Noah's Ark, why would he grab all the animals instead of all the people? Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, that's just the the whole thing about God and peace. Like, I don't, I don't really believe that because he grabs. God tells him to grab all the animals and not the people. Like, well, in the story, because the everybody else was wicked and didn't deserve to live. So how is he peaceful? How is who peaceful? God. Mm. It's a profound question. Like, I think you shouldn't mess with the people that don't believe in you. Just because they don't believe in you doesn't mean they should die. Oof. Like, it's like bullies. If bull, if you're not friends with the bully, mm. then they'll bully you. But if you are, then they won't. Mm. Yeah. So you saying if if somebody is a Muslim or a Buddhist and they don't believe in Jesus. Yeah. According to the Bible, because they are not, because Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father who, who is God except through me. Because they did not go through Jesus, they're supposed to be destined for hell and lake of fire. Do you think that's fair? No. That's not fair. I don't think it's fair either. Because, like, or do, or does it make sense though? Like, if Jesus came to die for our sins, and he somebody should, he died for the people. Okay, if you died for everybody's sins, and then the people that don't believe in you, you should kill them. How many sins would you have? I don't know. That's like a. That's a heck of an equation. It's more than a human can have. It's more than a family can have. It's more than anybody can have. Yeah. Because, like, not everybody in the world is Christian and stuff. Mm -hmm. And so if you killed all those people and then he said he'll come back and then kill all the people that didn't believe in him and then take the other people that believed in him Mm -hmm. up to heaven. But that means you take their life from them. So... First, you take the people that don't believe in you, you take their life, Mm -hmm. and then just let them, like, you don't do anything with them. Well, they're supposed to go to, like, the lake of fire, so they'll be burning for eternity. They'll just get burnt up. How will you get burnt if, okay, everybody that (laughs) believes in in God and stuff, Uh they're all just sitting in a casket in the dirt, like, dead. Mm Mm-hmm. You're not falling or the Holy Ghost supposedly is coming out of you and going up the Holy Ghost and you is going down and like, that doesn't make any sense. And how would you know if your Holy Ghost is coming out of you if you're dead? Watch, I do not know. Your brain is not processing. Your heart is not processing. Mm. Nothing works. You can't know, can't do anything. Right. 
So what's going on at that in those hundreds or thousands of years that you're gone? If you're waiting for Jesus to come back. What if he never comes back and you believed in him all this time? Mm, mm, mm. Out of the mouth of babes. And the, and you will never know if he will come back. Like, what if he's not real and it's just a myth? Like, the, um, the Christian people, they don't believe every necessarily everything that the Jewish people do because mm-hmm. they believe that there's more than one God. Who believes in more than one? The one Jewish. One? Mm, no. No? Jews don't believe in one God. So the Jews believe in the God Yahweh, like of the Old Testament. The Jews don't believe in Jesus. Oh. But Jesus was Jewish. So if Jesus was Jewish, why aren't the Christian people Jewish? That makes no sense. Because they're Christians. So Christians are believing in a Jewish person? Yeah. But Jesus represents more than just humanity. He represents God. Because even though he's quote-unquote Jewish culturally and through his mother, his father is God. Because there's something called the Immaculate Conception where Mary was asleep at you know one day and then the Holy Spirit impregnated her. So Jesus isn't of a man and a woman. He is of God and of a virgin, according to the story. So does he, I'm confused. So Mary's the only person that got pregnant. Like, yeah, pregnant. By, by God. God, I guess. Yep. But then everybody, every other human hasn't. That Right. So, but we're held, almost held to a standard to live like this God-man person. Okay. <laughs> Back to Thanksgiving. Wow. <laughs> same place they had Dred Scott and Harriet Scott. Really? Right. Yeah. And Lincoln signed that. Lincoln signed a death warrant the same time he signed the Emancipation Proclamation. Wow. I mean, this is about taking that land from them Native Americans. So we look in the oh, Abraham Lincoln signed Thanksgiving into law. Yeah, he was giving thanks for taking land from Native Americans that he was responsible for wow. dispossessing them of the land. Wow. And then, of course, it takes, when do we see it become on our calendar in, 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 in November? Right. 1941. Oh, wow. What's going on in 1941? What's up? I wonder what it was like before the uh, um, European people discovered our land. Mm, mm, mm. We can get into that. You know that book that I just got from the library? The what? The The Black Black Western Mm -hmm. something like that? So that talks, it talks a little bit about it. Um, But it... But th- there's so there's a part to the native story that no one in any of your schools that you go to will probably ever teach you. And it's in that book. And it's, it's that's not the only book that it has. But basically. Um, we were here. Wait, did people and what if before and people enslaved the European people? They did. So that's the somewhat like the there's a story about the Moors, M-O-O-R-S. So those were um, black people, African folks that came out of 
the eastern and northern African region. We can pick that up in the mic. And then they traveled into Spain and civilized Spain. But that's a that's another story for another time. So okay. going back going back to your first question, what was the so-called Americas like before Europe? We were here. You and me. We were here. So you know how they teach you that all the Af- quote unquote African Americans that are here came how? Ship. Via ships during what? Slavery. Slave trade. There were thousands upon thousands, maybe hundreds well, yeah, of thousands, maybe is. millions of Africans that, that were already sense. here. Yeah. So the Africans yeah. in like in Florida, like there are there are um, paintings and images of you know African tribal leaders here in Florida. There were Africans in the islands, the Caribbean islands. Were groups. Yeah, yeah. There was there were tribes of folks called the the air I think it's the Arawaks or the Arawaks and the Caribs. Those are tribes of black African people. Yeah, that makes sense because like how would you enslave people that weren't already there? Like as the, far as the, slave the natives, mm-hmm. they were there mm-hmm. and then the Europeans came and enslaved them. Mm-hmm. And like you can't enslave you Take people, put them somewhere else, and then take them to you. Well, they but they did that a lot, though. So just like the same way, like how they talked about Squanto and how the Europeans came over, you know, 100 years before these Puritans came over, and they were taking natives, stealing them, and taking them back to Europe and selling them into, you know, slavery. They did that in, in Africa as well. So they would, you know, the Portuguese were the first people to come down into Africa and really start buying people um, and and starting that, that slave trade, whether they were sending them back to their country or taking them to the Americas. Wait, how are the black people doing, or African-American, how are the African-Americans the first people? I'm if, not saying they if, were the first people. If, yeah, if, go ahead. If, like, Christian people believe in that God was here and then he made... A lot of people before sixteen thousand oh, thousands yeah, and stuff. Yeah. Like how come they aren't still they weren't still alive? Who? The people that lived in the villages and stuff when God I mean Jesus was here? Well, you gotta understand the Bible story of Adam and Eve and by the time they get to Jesus, I mean that's That's how you know That's a long but no but listen, the the timeline in the Bible it's like that's only a couple thousand years that they're talking from Adam and Eve to Jesus. Now, um, the the place where the quote unquote so called Garden of Eden is, it's in like the Middle East, near Middle East, like Eastern Africa region, depending on who you, you know what account you believe. Um. Some will say it's in like Ethiopia, Sudan area. Others will say it's like Saudi Arabia. You know, um, that so it's Middle East or Africa. So you can't deny that the first people, if you believe in the Garden of Eden story, you wouldn't be you couldn't deny that the first people were were black. And then it's it's impossible for the first people to be white. Because black people can make white 
but white can't make black. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Genetically. So two white people will never be able to continue to have kids and have kids of color. But two colored people, like you can have albino. You know, black people have albino. So you can, and albino just means you have white skin, you don't have any melanin. So we can produce every shade of color of color in the spectrum. So the hue is unlimited with us. The color hue is unlimited with us. It's limited with white people. So you got to understand. And one thing, I'll we'll do some more research together. But um, white people are the last people to be created in this world. They are genetic. How are they? Oh, mutation no, from black people. Okay. Scientifically, there 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 could be some other research that is you know what I mean that I'm not privy to. But if you just think about scientifically and how, you know, skin tone comes about, it has to come from lighter people, people getting lighter over time because you can't get darker over time like that. You feel me? Mm-hmm. World War well, II. Yeah. You need that national identity, that patriotism. Here's the thing that a lot of people don't know about Thanksgiving. Now, you know, you you in and out of New York all the time. I, I was loving the man, you know, woman, man on the street. Oh, talking yeah. about, you got to be able to vote like you get <laughs> yeah, right there. That was oh, genius, brother. Thank you. <laughs> genius. But, you know, New York City, immigrants are coming. These white immigrants. They don't know they're white till they get to the United States. Right. Like we were talking about, they trying to avoid last place. So I'm from Hungary. Or I'm from Germany. Or I'm coming. So they come. They're getting jobs wherever they can. Do you understand what he's saying? They don't know that they're white until they get to the United States. What, is that? what does that mean to you? That the United States treat people that are not like them different. Or what about the people that are like them? The people that are like them, they'll treat them all nice and stuff. But then the people that aren't like them, Mm -hmm. they won't treat nice. Like Mm -hmm. when God, he said he would kill the people that didn't believe in him Mm -hmm. and then save the people. Save the animals. Yeah. <laughs> Save Noah and the animals. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's just... So there's two... I'm Now I'm thinking there's two types of Christianity. Okay. So there's the one that the European people... The European people believe in, mm-hmm. which is if you're not one of us, you die. Mm. And then the other one is... Everybody should be treated the same, even if they're not like you. Profound. My goodness, Elijah. You are making connections. So smart, bro. Right. A lot of these immigrants worked in the garment district in New York. Right. Smart to business. Exactly. (laughs) A lot of them end up working for R.H. Macy. Uh, R.H. Macy is, you know, of course, the department store guy, right? Now, they don't celebrate Thanksgiving. They don't know nothing about that. Right. So when it comes time for that time, where are they going to go? So they get in this national spirit. What do they do? They start wearing their national dress. Right. They bring their national dishes. They bring them to the store. They bring them around, and they exchange with each other because they're going to wow. get in the mirror. Macy's people are watching this, and they say, this is very interesting. Hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. So, like, instead of hand trading and stuff, they would use a store. So they, well, stores, they get their money for trading stuff that they got gifted. So they pay money to get stuff, to sell that, to get even more money. You putting it, you, you, 
that, close. Okay, that yes. makes sense. So there's, but also what he's saying is, but the, he's gonna he's gonna actually say what you just said about something else. But your your connections are are spot on. Um, are at least you're going in the right direction. So what he's saying is, the people came together, the different quote unquote white people like. They're not all the same. They don't see themselves like I'm Hungarian, I'm yeah. Romanian, I'm whatever. And so they would come to work. They worked at Macy's downtown. They would come to work around that time during, quote, unquote, Thanksgiving. But they would give each other, hey, this is my dish that I have. Oh, this is my dish that I have. Because remember, Thanksgiving didn't actually become a holiday until 1941. Mm-hmm. So then we they capitalize. Right. So that's they bring bad. them around. For that time, where are they going to go? So they get in this national spirit. What do they do? They start wearing their national dress. They bring their national dishes. They bring them to the store. They bring them around, and they exchange with each other because they're going to get in the mirror. Macy's people are watching this, and they say, this is very interesting. So then we they could capitalize brother, off of this. <laughs> this and so what do they do? They start doing a little march around the block to show off their clothes. Right. And then people start watching. Macy's like, this is interesting. So they're so they're exchanging their food and they're showing off their traditional country dress. Okay. Years later, we now have the Macy's, Macy's Day Parade. And in that Macy's Parade, <laughs> you know, I'm sure you've been. I don't know if you're taking your kids yet. Yeah, I go yeah. I've hosted it before. Oh, that's right. <laughs> with the, with the. So the Macy's Parade, most people think it's just about celebrating Thanksgiving and everybody's having a good time, but he's getting down to what you were saying. Here's the thing. This is why I, I go to the Macy's Parade. Yeah. I try to go if I'm on the East Coast because yeah. I like to be there and I like to watch it on TV while I'm watching it in real life. Right. What you see is all these people that bake these cookies and all these sales to get their band to the Macy's parade. Right. They don't get on TV. Not all of them. Nah, I'm like, nah. why? They walk by. But I guess what gets on TV? Every float. Why? Because yeah. I'm watching the children point to the floats and say, that's so-and-so, that's so-and-so. Every one of them floats is something to buy. Yeah. I'm watching the parents yeah. looking too. And they know some of the people, but then some of them they don't. Right. Who's the last act in the Macy's parade? Santa Claus. Always. And where the Santa Claus, he's waving bye. No, no, not, not B-Y-E. B-Y-E. Bye. <laughs> bye. Because what you just saw was a commercial. One long commercial. <laughs> and it started with R.H. Macy looking at these immigrants who had knew nothing about Thanksgiving. Wow. Who came to try to be part of the American ritual. And he's sitting there thinking, how can I make a profit off of this little celebration? It- that was like what I said about the Christmas. Yeah. It's all connected. Yeah. So we're going we gonna to stop right there. That's pretty much the end of the video. Okay. I think this has been really good, man. What's your, what's your main takeaway from all the things that we just talked about? Because we talked about Thanksgiving, talked about Christmas. Not everything. Not everything. There's more, than, there's more than one story. Got that right. Well, there's, yeah, there's more than one story. You will never know which one is right. Mm-hmm. Because there's like millions and thousands, hundreds of millions, and there's a lot of people that think different, tell different, um, comprehend different, mm-hmm. and so those will all be different stories. That's a fact. And that's, I feel the same way. And that's why I call myself a student at the end of the day. I don't know everything. Uh, there's no one that knows everything but we can always learn because there's always multiple perspectives but as i continue to study and as you continue to study and socks and sandals family as we continue to study 
um, we'll see some things that continue to come up, some stories, storylines, um, just certain certain evidence, certain facts that continue to show up. And then that hopefully that shapes our perspective and our reality of what's what's going on as opposed to just what we've been given as kids or what we were given in the school system. Um, because school isn't necessarily about educating you. It's more about the way I say it, it's more about indoctrinating you. Um, they'll give you what they want you to know, not necessarily what you need to know. Mm-hmm. So that was good, man. How can the folks holler at you? How can they connect with you on the socials? Your, your Instagram and your Twitter and your what's the thing on a mixer? Mixer. <laughs> you got a mixer? Um. Yes. Actually, no. Don't. My son's no. ten years old. It's, it's too soon. Too soon. But uh, if y'all got any questions, any comments, holler at me on Twitter, socks and sandals podcast or at sxsndls on Instagram at socks and sandals podcast. And once again, it's the Socks and Sandals podcast where society, culture, history, and religion collide. And we unapologetically discuss our worldviews. Um, oh, and lastly, enjoy your time with your family. We know what Thanksgiving is to us. Thanksgiving is what you make it. All right. So I'm not trying to sway nobody to not celebrate a holiday with their family. I was, Elijah, you know how I was. I was real hardcore last year, wasn't yes. I? I wasn't celebrating nothing. Yeah, you didn't celebrate Christmas. You were nothing. No, I was hardcore. But I've I've matured or I've just developed in my beliefs to know that just because I'm celebrating or just because I'm celebrating with my family does not mean I'm ignorantly or willfully going against my ancestors and my, my brothers and sisters that have been massacred in the name of God and in the name of Thanksgiving. Um, Thanksgiving is, is pretty trash. Like the, the original reason why we have it is because of some stuff that shouldn't have happened. Could have been way better. It, it could have been way better. Should have been way better. Um, but at this time, we just take take time to be thankful, eat with the family, break bread with the family, and that's what it is. But peace to the ancestors, peace to the natives, peace to the tribes that's still here holding on to your culture. We appreciate you and we love you. Holla at y'all next week. Grace and peace. <laughs>